Welcome to episode 132 of the Ask Achieve Show, where we answer all of your burning questions on all things health, fitness, and nutrition. We're your hosts, Lauren and Jason Pack, and we're on a mission to bring inclusivity and positive vibes to the fitness space. Today, we'll be discussing how you know if a program is right for you, what core actually means, and the best triceps exercises, plus a little story at the end that will make your heart sing. We hope you're excited. Let's get into the show. What is up, Achievers? Episode 132. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so we've got something going on this weekend, which is pretty cool. You want to yeah. talk about that? Yeah, we are hosting a powerlifting meet. Um, so the meet is like Sarah, our coach Sarah, set it up with the Women's Strength Coalition. Um, and they are helping us put it together. So I think there's like 55 people competing yeah, um, at the meet, people, at Achieve. Awesome. Um, all of the lifters have been front fundraising. So all of the money is going to go to Bagley, which is an organization in Boston that supports LGBTQ plus youth. Um, one of our former members actually works there and he's going to be coming and competing in the meet. Yeah. Uh, the meet is meant to be like really inclusive. So right now in powerlifting, it can be really hard for lifters who don't necessarily identify as male or female or who are transgender it's really difficult for them to find um, meets where they can compete in the gender that they um, identify with. And so this meet, you don't have to declare a gender. You just get to come and lift. And I think it's going to be really fun for everyone. So we're very excited. And I'm competing. Yeah. And it's going to be my first time lifting uh, competitively since having a baby. Uh, probably long. I mean, it's been I mean, like two for years, like two years, two yeah. and a half years, Maybe yeah, somewhere three. around there. Yeah, somewhere yeah, it's been a long there. time. Um, I've actually only ever done one powerlifting meet. That's true. Um, but your I've, illustrious career. Yes, it was. It was quite the <laughs> extravagant career. Um, but we kind of talked about you and I talked about training for this, and I wanted you to write me a program, even though I was saying like I'm not going to be super competitive about it. I'm not going to care about numbers. But like as I started lifting, I was like. I started to feel like I was making a lot of progress and I was like, Ooh, maybe I can actually like, I, I remember saying to you like a couple months out, I was like, I think I'm actually maybe going to match some of my PRs. And I'm yeah. gonna, and so I started getting really excited about it. And then different things came up like Kendrick had sleep regressions and I stopped breastfeeding, which made like a lot of hormonal changes and all this kind of stuff came up where like weights just started to feel extraordinarily heavy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there was a time where I don't think you worked out for two or three weeks straight just yeah. because we had travel going on. We had uh, our daycare. Uh, we don't have daycare, but like our babysitter <laughs> uh, didn't line up like, yeah. and we both just didn't get our workouts in like, yeah. for a couple weeks there. So. Yeah. so it was just, I just had a little bit of a, a bump in the road in training and it really obviously like really showed up in um, just the numbers that I was able to hit. And so yeah. I wasn't hitting like warm up sets. I was not hitting yeah, and yeah. it was getting super frustrating. And so I had to send in my, my openers, which are usually just light, like, numbers you know you're going to hit and I you and I kind of sat down and started discussing what they should be and I really wanted them to be just higher than the reality and so I was getting bummed about the numbers I was like this is so lame like this is a number I should be able to hit way too easily like it should be a warm-up and then I have today I sort of just took some time to sit with that and like my feelings about that and be like I it's crazy all the things that my body's gone through in the last two years like it's actually crazy so starting with having a miscarriage, going to getting getting pregnant and then having a baby and then not sleeping and then <laughs> breastfeeding and then stopping breastfeeding and like all these different things that like continuously change my body in like physically, emotionally, psychologically, all these things. Yeah. Um, and the fact that I'm just getting to the gym in the first place and that I am picking up weight that I, I am proud of, yeah. that it is still heavy and I'm getting stronger. And the point of lifting that I always have to remind myself is not – 
to prove myself to other people, yeah. but to just do things that make me feel good physically and emotionally. Totally. And that's the point. Yeah. And so looking back at being a little bit bummed and being upset, it's all part of the process. We all go through that. But I think that the more that we can get ourselves on the other side of it by looking back and saying, I am proud of all of these things that I've done just in throughout the process and throughout the journey yeah. has, has been helping. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's been, uh, it's been, I mean, it's been cool to see you just go pretty much right back to some of the numbers that you've been hitting and like to put it in perspective, like that was your first powerlifting meet. And that's like the culmination of like so much training that has led to that one woman, like hitting uh, some really impressive numbers, gaining first place in that meet. And now <laughs> to expect like that high of a level, just like, you know, two years after the meet, a year after pregnancy is like, yeah. it's just, it's just a lot to ask. Um, yeah. and that the fact that you're already so close to that is pretty, pretty impressive. Yeah. So yeah. just putting it in, into perspective. Yeah, But it yeah. is all like, it's all a mental game and Definitely. you just have to have that perspective and remind yourself of having that perspective. Yeah, so yeah. It, it feels so, sometimes it feels so like soapboxy to be like, Oh, just, it's fine. Like, don't worry about your numbers and blah, blah, blah. And like, yeah. and we do really feel that way. But also I think it's important to show that like, we also go through yeah, the moments the of feeling really down on ourselves and feeling like frustrated and why is this happening? And th th there's no escaping those feelings. Even if yeah. you know what's going to get you out of it, or you've worked with people who are in that situation, you know what to say to them in that moment you're still going to go through those same yeah, things. So totally. Yeah. yeah. Cool. All cool. right. Well, let's get into some, some topics yeah. today. So the first one I want to ask you, Jason is, um, how somebody should know if a program that's out there is right for them. Like if they see a program online or they see a program in a magazine, like how are they going to evaluate? Is this program right for me? And if I should do it? Okay. Yeah. So that's a really good question. Um, yeah, it's, it's tough. It's almost like diets, right? There's like so many, so much different conflicting information of like, which program is the best program full body versus body part splits versus upper lower splits versus push pull. Like, like how do you really determine whether or not a program is going to be appropriate for you? Mm. And you know, what we always try to do is just dial back and just see what the person in question has been doing the month or two prior to that. And let's say they've been following a program that's been three days a week, the rep scheme if, is three sets of 10, and they've been doing it with the compound movements, back squat, bench press, deadlift, um, and some other accessory lifts, right? And they kind of have followed that simply, and they're ready to take it to the next level. So what you want to look at is, whatever program you're doing next, if you want to increase your numbers, if you want to take it to the next level, it has to be a little bit more than what you've been doing prior. So if you suddenly do two days a week of training, two sets of 10, then it's not going to be an appropriate program for you. It might be for someone else, but not for you at this time. Mm. What might be more appropriate is doing four sets of 10 or five sets of 10, or maybe bumping it up from three days a week to four days a week. Just having some sort of little progression from the month or two prior to make sure that you're ready for it. Cause you don't want to go from three days a week to suddenly six days a week and doing two a days and doing seven sets of 10. Like right. <laughs> that's way too much and doesn't take into account uh, recovery, right? So we want to make sure that you're scaling up just a little bit and just doing uh, a little bit more than you have been in prior months to make sure that you actually continue to adapt. Yeah, I think that there's a precision nutrition uses this sort of scale in terms of setting a goal for yourself and asking yourself realistically if this is a good goal for you. Mm. And so one of their ways of doing it is how on a scale of one to 10, how sure are you that you are going to be able to commit to this goal? Yeah. And if you say anything under a nine, it's just not a great goal for you right, right. now because you're going to be forcing yourself into this thing as opposed to feeling like, no, this is actually very attainable. I'm like very sure that I can go ahead and, and be consistent with this. Yeah. And so if you look at a program 
you've been working out twice a week and it's a five day a week program, but it's saying this is the best program. This is going <laughs> to get you to all your goals. And you're like, oh, man, I don't think I can work out five days a week, but everyone's saying this is a good program, so I'm going to do it. Yeah already you're setting yourself up for failure because you're going into it being like this is really out of my reach but I'm gonna force myself to do it yeah so yeah. instead looking at a program and saying hey that actually seems pretty attainable it is a little bit more than I'm doing right now so it's a reach it's a goal it's something that I have to work to do yeah. but I feel very confident that I can do that yeah yeah um, so looking at a program that way in terms of is this the right amount of exercise yeah I love for that me, just like good. really taking a step back and just considering your overall like lifestyle factors yeah. and whatever availability that you even have like you might just not be able to fit a five-day a week workout into your plan and that's totally cool like you just need to figure out you know whether or not physiologically the plan is going to help you make adaptations and then whether or not it actually fits into your overall lifestyle if right. it doesn't you know then obviously you need to switch things up yeah. yeah yeah um how about in terms of i think that there's just a lot of different types of programs too in terms of somebody could just even be confused about do I do a running program or do I do a strength program mm. do I do like that I think that can become really overwhelming for a yeah. lot of people is like there are so many different forms of exercise and how do I even choose what to focus on yeah right? yeah I mean that's tough I think you have to kind of assess what your like really top priorities are mm -hmm. like if you want to be able to run a 5k um, and that weighs more importance than, let's say, building up your squat or your deadlift numbers, then the program needs to reflect that, mm. and your overall workout regimen has to be more devoted to endurance and aerobic training, right? right. So it's the program has to be specifically uh, match whatever goal that you have. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I think you can have strength training as like a cross-training benefit, but predominantly the program has to be geared towards endurance training if like your goal is to try to run a 5K or a 10K and whatnot. Right, Is yeah. that what you're asking? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's okay, exactly cool. what I'm getting to. So I think that uh, like it's easy for trainers to put out programs and just say, this is the best program because this is what I like to do and right, this is what yeah. a lot of my clients do. But then as the consumer of like looking at all these programs, all of these trainers are putting out all of these different programs that are focusing on all these different things yeah. and saying that they're the best. And so, yeah, just evaluating what is your goal? Like, mm -hmm. what's your reason for working out right now? Like, is there something that you want to accomplish with this program? And then does this program reflect those things? Yeah, um, yeah. And so, yeah, when I was training for a triathlon, my training looked a lot different than when I was training for a powerlifting. Totally. Meet. And I, if I was training for a triathlon, and doing the bike run and swim outside, but then in the gym training like a power lifter, <laughs> like it wouldn't actually be enhancing my biking, swimming, and running, right? Yeah, so yeah. it's just making sure that the your goals and the program align and match up, um, which can be a little bit challenging to figure out on your own, but finding coaches who are sort of like offering complementary training programs to your goals um, would be helpful. Yeah, and I think one final piece is just like, the the fun aspect of it yeah. like do you will you enjoy the program yeah. like i i know that running three or four days a week would be great for my aerobic and cardiovascular <laughs> health and like it'd be great for me um but i don't think i would enjoy it so i don't think i'll stick with it so you know in that case again it's not really appropriate for me but again usually the funness usually links with goals mm, um yeah. so it kind of like takes care of that aspect <laughs> yeah, for it but true. um but it is important to make sure that you like enjoy the stuff like a lot of people don't like 
the barbell lifts at our yeah. gym. And so when we have like that sort of person, then we're like, okay, that's totally cool. Let's switch to, you know, single leg training and load those up. But, you know, in any case, we just try to make sure that we provide a little bit more of a stimulus each and every training phase so that they continue to adapt and progress, yeah. um, you know, no matter what their goal is. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Uh, moving on, we this time we actually received a question. Um, someone asked, can you f- clarify something for me when you or others recommend, quote unquote, core exercises, does that encompass the front slash abs? And does it also encompass the lower back region? Or does, quote unquote, core only refer to the front? In other words, do I need to incorporate lower back strength moves um, into my workout regimen. I'm in my 40s and looking to strengthen both my front and my back as I age and see many friends with lower back injuries. Thanks for your recommendations. Yes, it's a great question. Yeah. Um, and it can definitely be confusing because I think that for the most part, when people see core exercises being put out there, they're seeing ab exercises. Yeah. So it's getting confusing for a lot of people. We're yeah. like, um, and I, I think we can even sometimes do that. I think the post that totally. she was referring to that we put out was said like five best, five of the best core exercises, and they were mostly ab exercises. Right. Yeah. Um, but her point is really good, which is that your core really is your trunk. It's everything from like in your torso, basically, right? Yeah. So everything that supports your spine is a good way of looking at yeah, it. Yeah, totally. Um, and so it also includes a lot of things that you can't even see, like your diaphragm and your pelvic floor and different things right, that like yeah. you you can't look at that and be like, oh, you look at a person and be like, you have a really strong diaphragm. <laughs> Your pelvic floor function is fantastic. Yeah. Like you can't really tell those things, but they're very important, especially in terms of preventing lower back pain. Um, and a lot of lower back pain can come from dysfunctions that aren't necessarily a, like weak abs, yeah. but that in, in general, your whole trunk isn't like working in sync with each other. Right. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, so, so that I guess answers that is that when we are talking about core, we are talking about sort of that 360 degree um yeah i think with the like just kind of like the internet in general like it's the core has kind of become this sort of like blanket term to like refer to any single part of your midsection and uh yeah i think to set the record straight core just means anything involving your torso that has influence (laughs) upon your spine right um and so yeah front and back and sides are all linked to that yes Um, In terms of strengthening your lower back, this is where I think some people get confused with they think that strengthening your lower back means doing a lot of back extension exercises. Right, yeah. Um, And so I see that all the time. People are like, oh, I want to get my lower back stronger. So they do the like... um, I think it's like a back hyperextension I think it's called a hyperextension machine, which in itself sounds bad. (laughs) Like, you don't want to hyper anything. (laughs) You should be able to extend, but let's not try to hyperextend. And because your spine is just not, like, suited for a ton of extension or a ton of flexion in either direction, especially your lower back, right? Yeah. um, You know, like, uh, yeah, when we're talking about hyperextension, what I guess what I want to say is, People are, most people are naturally in this sort of extended state anyway, anyway right? Yeah. So you yeah. always hear about people with anterior pelvic tilt or uh, forward head posture, like whatever it might be, like usually results in some amount of extension in the lower back mm-hmm. and to prevent hyperextension on top of that um, usually isn't the, the greatest solution, yeah. right? And yeah. so I think like when we talk about lower back strengthening exercises, like we usually think it gets taken care of for the most part with just compound movements right right, that we always espouse like deadlifting uh romanian deadlifting um even like 
glute bridging and hip thrusting, like those sorts of exercises, we usually find that that kind of just takes care of itself. Yeah, exactly. We don't really program in anything that's specifically a quote unquote lower back strengthening exercise because your lower back is getting stronger by supporting a neutral spine during these heavier lifts. Yeah. Um, When you are either hyperextending your back or really rounding your back and doing those lifts, then you might not be strengthening the areas that you really want to and you're not really supporting your spine in that in that movement. Yeah. Um, but when you're being able to brace your yourself in a movement like a deadlift, your lower back is absolutely contributing to yeah. the lift. So the muscles are getting stronger and then supporting like a like good alignment for your spine. Yeah, exactly. And it seems like um, this person is asking in like the sort of like guise of like lower back strengthening to prevent lower back pain, yeah, right? Because yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, she said that um, she has a lot of friends that have lower back pain, and so she's probably wondering, like, I should do this in order to prevent to lower prevent back that. pain. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, if as long as you are working on alignment-based exercises like planks and body saws and dead bugs, s- yeah, like all that sort of uh, stuff that we usually post on our feed, and then you combine that with just moving. Um, consistently um, each day and then also providing a you know compound movements compound strength training movements to your program like a lot of times it just kind of like works itself out that mm-hmm. you don't need to do additional stuff on top of it to like stave off any pain and stuff like that yeah, definitely yeah. and then the the invisible more invisible muscles like doing um, diaphragmatic breathing and making sure that yeah. you're you have good pelvic floor function and those are kind of things that like it's very difficult to put in a podcast or even on Instagram it's like (laughs) it's hard to show it so if you feel that you are somebody who is not sure like am I breathing properly and do I understand how my pelvic floor is working especially if you've had kids if you're uh, somebody who's postpartum I would we would definitely recommend just visiting a a PT who specializes in pelvic floor um, because they're just really good at being able to evaluate your functioning and just be like hey these are like three exercises that are going to be great for you go on your way and it's usually a one visit or two visit thing where you can then just rest assured like okay I I am good or okay I do have these things to work on that these could be just as as big of a contributor to your lower back health than as like being able to do a plank for a minute totally you know like there's there's just a lot of factors so making sure that you're not pinpointing just one or two muscle groups to say as long as you're strengthening these areas your back's going to be fine like there's just so much else that could be going on yeah yeah Um, yeah so yeah definitely cool Uh, That brings me to ask you a question. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, last one, which is kind of a a simple one, I guess, but uh, a lot of people have been asking, what are the best exercises to strengthen your triceps? Uh, We get that question all the time. And we get that with just a lot of specific body parts, but triceps Mm -hmm. seems, I don't know, people are trying to do do a little, get a little extra pop horseshoe. Is that what you're trying to do? Yeah, the horseshoe. (laughs) Um, So with triceps, or really, like you just said, any sort of like isolated muscle group that you're trying to develop, what we always try to tell people to do is have 80% of your strength training dedicated to compound movements that happen to work that muscle. Mm -hmm. And then 20% layering on top some isolation-based work if that's something that you want to accomplish. And so for the triceps, things that we really like to incorporate from a compound strength training movement standpoint is horizontal pressing and overhead pressing. So that involves things like bench pressing, barbell overhead pressing. This could be with dumbbells as well. So dumbbell bench press, dumbbell overhead press. Kettlebell um, ex- presses. Yeah, kettlebell presses. Uh, really any sort of motion that involves the shoulder and elbow moving simultaneously. And the reason why we like that is because when you use more muscle groups and you have more joints in motion, you have the ability 
to over time add more and more weight and add more and more strength to the movement pattern, which adds more and more stimulus to the area. And that means that you're able to develop a lot more strength, lean muscle mass, and hypertrophy to that area, right? Now, on top of that, you can add and layer on, like I said before, some isolation-based movements just to like get that extra little burn, extra little like the last 10% or whatever, um, using things where you actually isolate the elbow and move that arm back and forth, like a triceps kickback, um, a rope triceps extension, like all these things are effectively the same movement. You're extending <laughs> your um, elbow joint. So I wouldn't say any one exercise is better than the other. Um, I would just say, Take a couple that you really like and just stick to it. And typically, we like high repetitions for these isolation-based moves. So two to three sets of 8 to 15 reps is going to be totally fine. Um, the one thing that I will say is that to try to include one exercise where your arm is uh, stretched like this overhead and doing some sort of overhead triceps extension because it targets the long head of the triceps, which just general pushing and pressing patterns won't actually target. Um, but that's only if you like really want to accentuate your triceps. Yeah. Um, I don't think we ever do any isolated tricep work because predominantly it gets taken care of by the compound strength movements. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but every once in a while, it just feels good to get a yeah, little, little, little kickback action. I yeah. used to do so many triceps kickbacks. <laughs> oh man, those were the days. But yeah, no, I, I agree. Like I think that push-ups, and especially you can just modify even your positioning if you're really trying to focus on mm. a certain muscle group, but you still want to use compound lifts. You can do a close grip bench press or a close grip push-up right, yeah. where you're just targeting the triceps a little more, but still it's a compound movement. Still the rest of your body can come into play so that you can get a little stronger yeah. over time. Um, so if you're just like looking to make slight tweaks here and there instead of just going right to isolation exercises, that's one way of doing yeah. it as well. Same thing with like biceps. We always try to recommend work working in pull-ups as much as possible right. or like quads instead of just doing the leg extension machine, like actually doing squats and lunges. Um, you know, it goes, goes for literally every single isolated muscle group. We start with compound and then we start to work our way down as we start to, you know, hone in on that. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. cool. All right. Well, I have a story to make your heart sing. All right. You don't know this one yet, Jason, so I'm excited to share it with you. Um, okay. So I just need to pull up my source so that I get all the information accurate. So, okay, <laughs> this this 24-year-old college student wrote this, like, handwritten sign that said on the sign, I have to, wait, I have to find it. He was basically at a, he's a student at Iowa. Last week we did said the wrong <laughs> <laughs> the wrong school, right? Do we say Texas and it was actually Tennessee? It was actually Tennessee, yeah. <laughs> okay. So this student goes to Iowa. Okay. And he wrote a sign that said, um, oh my gosh, sorry, I, I'm not able to find the whole thing. <laughs> okay. His sign said, Bush Light Supply Needs Replenished. And then he put his Venmo account <laughs> yeah so he was basically just saying like i want more beer yeah venmo me, venmo me yeah. <laughs> um and so at first it was kind of a joke and it was funny and then people actually started to venmo him oh and he his balance was went to over a thousand dollars and he was like i can't just keep this money like this yeah. is crazy it was just a joke so he then announced that he'd be donating all of the money except for one twenty-four pack of beer <laughs> to the university of iowa stead family children's hospital and i guess that that um, fan, Iowa football fans, they can see into the hospital, the neighboring hospital. It's a children's hospital. And so they have like a tradition of waving to kids in the hospital as they're, and the kids can kind of like see the game. Oh, cool. Um, and so a lot of the fans just kind of know of this hospital. And so since he made that announcement, people have started to 
Venmo him more. And so his his account has gotten over twenty nine thousand dollars. Oh, my God. (laughs) For a sign that just said, I want beer. That's hilarious. And so he's donated all of it except for his one one twenty four pack of beer. So that was pretty cool. That's awesome. I feel like the story just kept getting better and better. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Nice. So you never know if you want to. A 24 pack of beer, it could turn into Just such a great Venmo deed. Yeah. Just put your Venmo out there <laughs> and hopefully do something nice with it if it starts to rack up. He could have just bought himself a lot of beer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So that's our show for you today. Thank you so much for sending in questions and for providing topics for us to cover. We really appreciate your input and we appreciate knowing what you are interested in hearing. So thank you for that. If you enjoy the podcast and you wouldn't mind leaving us a review on iTunes, we'd be super grateful for that. And until next time, peace, love, and muscles. muscles.